Welcome to the Life Tree Community Church Podcast. These are recorded during our weekly services in Robbinsville, New Jersey. Our prayer is that these messages help you grow in your personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to continue our series today on Star of Wonder and invite you to turn to Isaiah chapter 9, which will be page 523 in your the soft cover Bibles there that are in your seats, 523. As you're turning there... Um, I'm just going to gloat for a moment. Please, just indulge me. How about those Yankees? For some of you, who, some of you don't really care, but for those baseball fans, Christmas came early for me, and uh, the Yankees signed arguably one of the best players, or traded for arguably one of the best players in all of baseball. It's not official, but it's pretty much a done deal. His name is Giancarlo Stanton. I mean, even his name is cool. Giancarlo. And, uh, you know, he's uh, one of the biggest home run hitters in the Yankees. I mean, he might be my new favorite player. I don't know. We'll see. You know, I have, I have lots of favorite Yankees, so we'll see where he ends up on the list. Um, how many of you hate the deal? How many of you hate the deal? Okay. How many of you love the deal? All right. Yeah, there we go. All right. So Yankee fans love it. Non-Yankee fans just hate it. Um, but I love, listen, I love all Yankees. I really don't discriminate. Um, but I, I do love some of the players more than others. Um, and so we'll see, you know, where he falls in terms of, you know, my favorites. But uh, one of my favorites, just for his pure entertainment, was Yogi Berra. Anybody, any Yogi Berra fans? You know, Yogi-isms, Yogi, he said lots of funny things. Uh, some, you know, he, he was, this is Yogi, way back in the day. Yogi said things like, um, you know, when you see a fork in the road, take it. Yep, and uh, you can observe a lot just by watching. Yes, some of these will take a minute, all right? Like, uh, it ain't over till it's over. That's Yogi. Um, he said, always go to other people's funerals. Otherwise, they won't come to yours. Um, You've got to be careful if you don't know where you're going because you might not get there. Nope, nope, didn't, all right. Um, one, of my, one of the best, one of my favorites, it says it, it gets late early out there. Anybody ever hear that? It gets late early out there. Um, you know, I know exactly what he means. Anybody around 4.30 in the afternoon, 5 o'clock right now, feel like it gets late early? You know? How many of you love the fact that it gets dark at like 4 o'clock? Anybody love it? Okay, you've got like one. Just Lydia. All right. Does anybody... How many of you hate it? You feel like you don't even know where the sun is. The day is done. It's gone. You feel like you live in a cave. Um, you know, the sun is a long lost friend. Well, guess what? Today, I'm going to play doctor for a moment, all right? And I think if you hate it, um, you may be suffering from sad. Anybody know what sad is? Some of you know what sad is, all right? It is seasonal affective disorder. Seasonal affective disorder. There you go. That's what you are suffering from. See, it's a type of depression actually related to changes in the seasons. It's a thing. It's actually a thing. Um, it begins about the same time every year, um, and uh, if you're like most people, your symptoms start in the fall and continue into the winter months, and, it, and there's, there are some symptoms that SAD may include. Anybody think you're ready? You just see if you have any of these. You feel depressed most of the day. You lose interest in activities you once enjoyed. You have low energy. You have problems maybe sleeping. You're experiencing changes in your appetite and weight. You feel agitated. You have difficulty concentrating. You're just not you. You're out of it. The winter blues, right? You are out of it. 
The first time I heard somebody say that seasonal affective disorder is a thing, I thought, wow, that's just another way to make money, right? They're just going to sell medicine to make you feel better and say, oh, you have a syndrome, right? But apparently this is a real thing. It's like a real thing, and it's backed up by research. Um, there's three factors. How many of you are wearing a watch? A watch. How many of you are wearing a watch? Okay. The reality is all of you have a watch. Yeah, oh, yeah. Look at what I did right there. Um, it's called a biological clock. And biological clocks are in every cell in your body, and it's your body's timing device. All right? And they establish something called your circadian rhythm. Anybody know what your circadian rhythm is? Okay, some of you people really, you're like, yeah, I, I know all this. You, you paid attention in school. All right. But this is a natural internal system that's designed to regulate your sleep. All right? Your circadian rhythm helps you know when to sleep, when to get up, all that kind of stuff. It tells you when you need rest. So some of you, your circadian rhythm is you are a morning person, an early bird. How many early birds? Your circadian rhythm is you're an early bird. Okay. Now some of you, right, you're still not awake. Okay, your circadian rhythm is you are a night owl. You wake up around dinner time. How many of you are, are night owls? All right, so how many of you are a mess and you have no idea what you are? Okay, you're just sort of all in between. All right, there you go. Um, you know, some of you can sleep all day, teenagers. Um, some of you can't sleep past 6 a.m. It's all determined by your circadian rhythm, your biological clock, what's going on inside your cells. It tells your body things. And it's controlled by the hypothalamus, which is this little pea-sized gland at the, at the base of your brain. It's about 1% of your brain, but it controls so much in your body. Um, and its job is to keep your body stable, right? And that controls your sleep to make sure when do you need rest, when do you need to get up, all this kind of stuff. Now, your circadian rhythms are affected... Um, if you stay up late, maybe you have to stay up late. Maybe you're watching a game or you're watching a movie or you're doing work and you stay up extra late. It throws off your circadian rhythm so that the next morning you don't get up on time. Anybody jet lag? Anybody feel jet lag? You've been somewhere and you're like, oh, wow, I'm at your circadian rhythm has been affected by your biological clock because of changing in your routines and in your habits. So this timekeeper is actually also... Um, affected and controlled by an area of the brain that responds to light. Hmm. So, this is why humans are most alert when the sun is shining and are ready to sleep when it gets dark outside. So, right what happens, right around 4, 4.30, 5 o'clock, you start going, why do I feel like I need to go to bed? It feels so late because light affects your circadian rhythm and it affects your biology and inside you're going, I should be sleeping. And so I don't have energy and I don't feel like spending the next six hours still doing things. You know, in the summertime, I, got, I get so much done in the winter. Light actually affects your biology. Reduced level of sunlight actually makes you sad. <laughs> um, it disrupts your body's clock. But not only that, not only does it affect your circadian rhythms, but your serotonin levels drop. Anybody else say that's the, that's the chemical formula right there for serotonin? Um, in case anybody's any anybody cares anybody yeah Rachel right, there you go she she recognized that um, I hope it's right I, I didn't make it I just Google um, but serotonin is a brain chemical that affects your moods um, how many of you have no don't raise your hand um, people that have maybe their serotonins are way off. Um, it's a neurotransmitter. It means these are messages between your cells, and they tell your heart to beat, and it, your lungs to breathe, your stomach to digest, tells you all this kind of stuff, and it affects your moods as well. It's most well-known for its role in the brain, 
Um, mood-altering drugs sometimes. You ever hear, you know, ec- ec- uh, ecstasy and LSD, they cause massive rises in serotonin levels and alter your mood. These are mood-altering because they affect serotonin. They make your body crazy. The sun actually triggers the brain to release serotonin. So sunlight can cause, lack of sunlight can cause a drop in serotonin, which alters your mood. So it's not just, uh, there's actually something biological going on inside your body because of light. A drop in serotonin can actually cause depression. The same thing with melatonin, which is another, uh, something else that your body produces, affected by the sun. It plays its role in, in sleep. Some of, you t- some of you may take melatonin supplements and things like that to help you sleep because lack of sunlight, you don't produce as much, so you don't sleep as well. Melatonin is supposed to help you sleep because you need it. So I need sun. I need sun. How many of you just, you need sun. You, you know, yes, you're right. It's a biological fact. You need sun. It's not just you. Um, it's a biological fact that lack of light leads to depression. This is it. It's, it's, it. The science is there. It makes life harder to live, and depression sucks the life out of us. It's not just a metaphor here. The dark takes our life from us. There's some spiritual analogies here. Do you have darkness in your life, perhaps? Maybe you're going through a season where it's not just something outside. It's not just something because of daylight savings. It's not just because of the Earth's orbit and where, where the sun is in relation to you know, where we are here in New Jersey. Perhaps you're experiencing darkness in your life. And you know what? The same holds true, that darkness causes depression because of a lack of light in our spirits. Maybe you're facing the darkness of confusion. You don't know. What to do? You're facing a decision and you're in this land of confusion. And there's darkness. And darkness affects your mood, affects your ability to move. Yes, anybody? Confusion? Confusion can be crippling. You don't move. You become, you spin your wheels. You don't, you don't know what to do next. It causes stress and anxiety. It alters your mood because you're not sure. Maybe you're facing a really big decision right now. I don't know. But there's something in that that's going to alter because you're in the darkness of I don't know what to do. And that darkness affects you. Or maybe it's the darkness of the unknown about God. You know, is God real? Is this, is any of this real? Is my, are my prayers heard? And there's just this darkness and, and it affects you because you don't know if this is a real thing or if these people are just crazy. You know, they just want to believe so bad that they do, but it's really not real. And you wonder and you don't know and it can be, again, this, this darkness weighs on you. Perhaps you live in the darkness of fear. You're afraid of what might happen, afraid of what tomorrow might hold, afraid of a phone call, afraid of the hammer dropping. You don't know what's coming next. And that fear, again, can be like darkness. Some of you, if you're living in fear right now, you know what that feels like. You know how it alters your mood, how it takes your energy, how it affects you. Maybe you're in the darkness of need. You have no idea how things are going to work out. You don't, you don't see any way out of your situation. You have great, great need and it just seems dark and heavy and there's no light and you don't know where you're looking and it's just overwhelming. And you know you're not you because you're just fearing. So the darkness is crippling, it's confusing, it's painful, it's lonely and we all have dark seasons. A lack of light does something to us. But today, I have phenomenal news. The best news, and it really isn't just a metaphor, just so you know, we're going to make this really practical in a little bit. 
I know right now it seems like I'm just talking in metaphors, but that's, I'm a pastor. That's kind of what I do. Um, but I want you to hear this today. This is the theme for the message today. God is the light in your darkness. God is the light in your darkness. When I was at, anybody go to camp as a kid, like summer camp and things like that? You know, I went to summer camp and we had, um, my, actually my parents used to run a summer camp for, for like youth around the, the state and, uh, we had a security guard. Uh, that's kind of, I guess a kind name for him. He was a, uh, a volunteer who wanted to come to camp and really wasn't sure what to do with him, but he had a really big flashlight. So we let him be like sort of the camp security at night. He would walk around and make sure all the kids were in their cabins. Um, and he, I mean, when I say he had a big flashlight, like, it was huge. Like it had a backpack battery that he would carry. And, and it would like, and he had this thing and it was essentially a floodlight, a handheld floodlight. The thing was unreal. I don't know how, how bright the thing was, but I mean, you could, you could shine on the sky and see it like, you know what I'm saying? It was, it was bright. And his his name, uh, I don't know his name. We called him Spot. Because he had a spotlight. That's what we called him. For years, I, 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 you can ask my parents, I'm not making it up. The guy's name was Spot. I don't think I know his real name. Um, he had more light than was necessary, and he would come in like, you know, shine it in like the windows of a cabin when kids were being loud and it would like be like, oh no, you know, it'd be like so bright and he'd be like, go to bed, you know, and he, he well wielded that spotlight with, with authority. Um, I remember one time some kids tried to get back at him. My dad was sharing this story and, um, so they were making noise, trying to get him to come shine his light in their room. And so he comes over and he goes and he puts his flashlight up to the window and the kids had taken a mirror. And my dad said the shrieks of agony from Spot were heard throughout the camp. And he went to my dad and he was furious. Those kids! And it was, yeah, it just blinded him right about. Um, but that was Spot. And I tell you that to tell you this. First John 1.5 says, This is the message we have heard from Jesus and now declare to you, God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. And later in Revelation 22, Jesus says of himself, he says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this message for the churches, that I am the bright morning star. I am light. What brought the wise men to Jesus, right? It was a, sh- a shining star. It was light. It was this comet, right, that we talked about last week. It was signaled the coming of our God. And here's the truth about God. I made up a word. I made up a word. This is really good. I, I, I mean, it's called, I mean, maybe it's a word. I don't know. I have not heard this before. Um, but God is omniluminous. He is light in all directions, right? Ever bright, never, never dark, right? Ever shining. When God walks in, darkness is gone. He is, it says he's wrapped in light. He's omniluminous. Psalm 139, David said this, I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become like night, but even in darkness I can't hide from you. To you the night shines as bright as the day. Darkness and light are the same to you. God is light. He is omniluminous. God has always been light. It was his opening act. Go to the beginning of the Bible. What do you read? In the beginning, the earth was dark and formless, and God said, first thing, let there be light. 
He just said, I'm just going to show up. I'm going to bring my presence here. Boom! It was his opening act. And God saw that the light was good. And he will always be light. Because if you go to the end of the story, you read Revelation chapter 21. It tells us about the holy city. We studied this in heaven series, right? It says that the city there will have no need of sun or moon for the glory of God illuminates the city and the Lamb is its light. God is light. He opens with light. He closes with light. He is light. Omniluminous. Everything about God is light. No darkness anywhere. So what that means for us is very simply this. God is our spot. He's our star in the sky. When you're in darkness... His light breaks through and bursts through. He is passionate about being your light. Think about this. They had no idea in the story where Jesus was. They didn't know where he was going to be born. And God says, I'm going to put a light to show them the way. God initiated. They didn't ask for it. They didn't know about it. He did it. He shined a light. When you're in darkness and you don't know where to go, God just shines a light because He chooses to, not because you want to. Because He wants you to know more than you want you to know. What does it tell you about a God that He's brightest when it's darkest? What does it tell you? It tells me that He knows me and He knows what darkness does to me. He knows what it does to me. And He loves me so much. And he wants me to know the way. Light doesn't hide what's there. And here's the thing. When God shines light on my circumstances, you know what happens? They don't change. Light doesn't make things go away. I mean, make cockroaches go away. But like, it doesn't make everything go away. But it does expose what's there. See, light reveals reality. I love reality. I wish more people lived there. God is the ultimate reality. He is light. And everywhere he goes, there's no deception, there's nothing hidden, everything is up front. The only decision is either to believe what he says or not. There's no tricks, no trap door, no sleight of hand. When life gets dark, when reality is obscured, God can flick on the lights. doesn't necessarily mean our problems go away, but it means we now know what we're up against. It gives us clarity and understanding. Pastor Dre shared with me something this week that another pastor had said. He said, you've never walked into a room, into a dark room, and flicked on the lights and wondered who won the battle between dark and light. Anytime you walk in, you flick on the lights. It's never like, hmm, I wonder if darkness is winning right now. No, if you can see light won. Light always overcomes darkness. And God is the light in our darkness. One of my favorite family traditions that we do, we used to do it as a kid, and we still do it with our kids now. Um, this time of year, like coming home from places, you know, whether we're out somewhere's house, on our way home, we just kind of take the scenic tour. Drive around neighborhoods. Look at all the houses that are decorated. You know, anybody, anybody have... Decorations at your house, right? You've got some things. Anybody got really, I need to come see your house? Like, you know, I don't know, we've got, if you want to come see my house again, I have Santa Yoda, 
We have a penguin inflatable, and we have Santa that's upside down. His legs are sticking out of our well. He fell in. Um, and we've got some other assorted random uh, lights. But it's just really cool to go around and see other lights, you know. I find it really cool. It's sort of ironic and kind of just like God that people celebrate Christmas, maybe people who don't even really believe in God, by decorating their houses with light. Think about that. What do we do? It's just the tradition. is just it's a celebration of light. Like neighborhoods are infinitely brighter now than they will be the rest of the year. Right? Because of the light that we put on. Light heralds God's presence. So what? So what does it mean for us that God is our light? Practically, it's all well and good to say that we live in darkness and we've got dark moments and things where... And that God is our light. But what does that really look like in our day to day? With light comes peace of mind, as we said, because you have clarity. When you don't know what you're facing, when you don't know what the diagnosis is, tell me, is there fear? Is there anxiety? Isn't there something comforting about knowing what you're up against? Right? I just need to know what I'm dealing with. I just want to know where I stand. That land in between of unknowing Ah, it's hard. It kills you. But clarity brings a measure of peace. And in 700 BC, in Israel, it was dark. Right? There was, they didn't know what the future held. They were people oppressed. 700 BC, we're talking way back. And God spoke to a, to a guy, through a guy named Isaiah. We read this in Isaiah chapter 9. I had, if you have, if you've turned there, you can read with me Isaiah chapter 9 verse 1. If not, it'll be on the screen. This is what Isaiah, he speaks for God, he's a prophet. God inspires him and he speaks out something concerning the days ahead. And he says, nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair that you are presently in will not go on forever. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled, but there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. Verse 2, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. Verse 3, you will enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burdens of their... They were, I mean, these people were in battle. They were oppressed and it, they were being attacked. And he says, listen, you will break your oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. Verse 5, the boots of the warriors and the uniforms bloodstained by war will be burned. There'll be fuel for the fire. No more fighting. It'll be over. You're going to burn it all. Verse 6, and here's why. For a child will be born to us. And a son is given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. And maybe you've heard this. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. So you have a very practical Reality of the light of God is simply this. 
you have a reason for hope. Because it's not going to be dark forever. Very simply, I know it's small, but it's huge. It's everything. That your darkness will end. Light is coming. You may be in a land of darkness now. You may be in a season, as we talked about, of darkness now. But the very most practical thing that God does for us by being light is affirm us that this darkness has an end. For them, their war will end. They're going to burn their boots. The time of peace is coming. Hope is always future. It's not what you have. It's what you're hoping for. It's for what's promised. And God will one day reveal all things. Along the way, God will reveal enough for you, what you need to see. But you can have hope today, very simply, that your darkness will end. But that's not it. The second thing is that you need to keep walking. Have hope. Keep walking. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. I encourage you to memorize this one. I have. It's, it's, I don't know how many times I've referenced this. The way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, first glimmer of dawn, becoming ever brighter till the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like total darkness. They have no idea what they are stumbling over. See, I go back to this. The way of the righteous is like the first glimmer of dawn. I'm, I'm a night owl. I've heard about the first glimmer of dawn. I've seen pictures. Anybody ever get up really early and it's dark? And you see that sun just start to come and you can tell the skies changing colors. I do it once a year, the sunrise service at Easter. There we go. And the geese start honking. That, there's that. It's like, all right, I can see a little better now. The sun's starting to come. But things are kind of shadowy and vague. But you know what happens? The way of the righteous is like that first. Like, I know God is out there. I can't see a whole lot. But I, can, but I know that he's out there. I see enough to see there's a glimmer. There's light that way. Like when you start something. But you know what happens? The way of the righteous, the path of the righteous is like that first. And as you walk, guess what happens? It becomes ever brighter. It gets brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter until the full light of day. You need sunglasses. It's so bright. That's the way of the righteous. You are in the land of darkness on your way to the land of light. You can have hope that it's there and to just keep walking. Because it's going to increase. Your life will not get darker and darker as you walk with God. It gets lighter and lighter and lighter and lighter. You begin to understand more. And there are things I did not understand five years ago that I understand now. And I'm still in dark now. And in five years from now, I hope to know more than I do today. We grow because God reveals. Because that's the way of the righteous. It's like the first gleam of dawn, but it shines ever brighter, continuously. See, I think in heaven, it's just going to be brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter for eternity. If you will have hope, and if you will keep walking, two things are going to happen. I'm going to close with this. Nick and Claire want to come. If you will have hope and keep walking, two things are going to happen. One, 
you will see light. Promise you. Whatever you're going through right now, whatever darkness you're in, light is coming. So some of you today, I just want you to, wherever you are, I don't know what your situation is. I don't know what decision is in front of you. I don't know what fear is facing you. I don't know what, what circumstance, what need, whatever darkness you're going through. But light is coming. You will see light. But the second thing is this. You will actually become light for others. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, is hidden only from people who are perishing. See, here's the thing. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They're unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ who is the exact likeness of God. See, I think we live in a world that's just blind. They can't see how good God is. They are literal, they're spiritually blind. And we've already talked about what living in darkness does to you. It corrupts. It destroys. It ruins. There are people out there living far lesser lives. And we're not better. We're not smarter. We just had the gift of seeing the light. And there are people who literally cannot see the light. And Paul goes on to say this in verse 6. He says, For God who said, Let there be light in the darkness, that God has made that same light shine in our hearts so that one, we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus. We now have this light shining in our hearts But we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. The light of the omniluminous God is shining inside of us. And this makes it clear that this is not about us, it's about God. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we're not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. See, we go through the same trials as everybody else. But guess what? Because of the light inside us, it isn't fatal. Because we have hope that light is coming. And he says this, Though suffering, through suffering our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus. So the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. See, when you live in the light, you become the light. And what happens is people who can't see light, maybe from God, they can see it in you. And they go, how come? How come you're going through the same thing I'm going through? The same darkness. Yet you keep walking. How do you keep walking? I'm telling you, sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is keep going. Is not quit. Just keep walking. How are you doing that? Let me tell you about this glimmer I see out there. Let me tell you about something I see. I don't know. I'm not special. It's not about me. It's just I have hope in the light. We walk in the dark, but we see light. It may look like dark to others, but we see more. 
Matthew brings it home. He says, you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hill that can't be hidden, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. So let your light shine. Listen, you have light in you. People need to see light. Pastor Kerry pointed this out. I steal all their good ideas, but I give them credit for it. She said this, in that verse, the one who is the light of the world is telling us that we are the light of the world. Think about that. Does life feel dark? God can flick on a switch. Do you know somebody that's in the dark? Be light to them. And sometimes the best way to be light is to just keep going. When darkness seems to hide his face, I rest on his unchanging grace. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but holy trust in Jesus' name. Our God is omni-luminous. He's ever shining. We just need to have hope and keep walking. Let's take a moment and pray this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank You that You are the light in our darkness. And it's not because we asked You to do that. It's because You choose to. Because you love us so much that you want us to see. Lord, you, you, you want everybody to see. But we have an enemy who seeks to blind us, to limit our ability to see the light. God, right now, in the name of Jesus, I come against every darkness in this place, darkness in our lives. I come against the darkness in our families. Lord, and I proclaim light. God, the light of heaven would radiate through us right now, through everybody in this building. God, and would light just emanate out from us and so much so that people say, that's not them. There's something more. There's something different. God, may our families see it. May our neighbors see it. May our coworkers, or our fellow classmates, Lord, may everybody see there's something different in us. May it be undeniable that it's you. Lord, I proclaim light in this community, in this county, in this region. Lord, I proclaim light. Shine, Jesus, shine. Would you do that, Lord? Lord, you came in light. You started in light. You came in light. You're going to end in light. It's all about illuminating our lives, overcoming the darkness, and helping us live in the truth. Lord, would you do it? I thank you, God. You are so good. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were encouraged by this message. For more information about Life Tree, please check us out online at lifetreescc.com.